Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank So Jamie, uh before this episode started, uh, we were talking about my recent, I say recent, last year and a half, uh, newfound addiction to, to coffee, yep. uh, making coffee in wanky ways. Yeah. And I appreciate that's not something you have any interest in, in the slightest. Yep. Uh, but for me, it's becoming uh, more than just a, a, a pretentious, uh, you know, hobby. It's a way of life. And yep. so that's when I will come to you, which is, and ask you this question, what yep. is something that other people are fine with just the, the regular bog-standard version of. But for you, Jamie Loxton, you need the good stuff, all right? You care about the quality of that thing. So what is the thing which most people do not care about the quality of, but you in particular do care about the quality of? Um, not to be too much like I'm exactly recreating the literal conversation that Larry King and Danny Pudi had, but socks. I like socks. <laughs> we know this yeah. about me. I'm 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 a big fan of socks. I buy a lot of bamboo socks. Uh, they make I'm uh, double checking. Yep, wearing bamboo socks right now. They make my feet feel soft and cuddly and nice. Jamie, that's 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 not a luxury. All right, what about what about <laughs> private play? You know, what about what about like Rolexes, Jamie? Yes, I'm sorry I didn't go for for the the real height of luxury like coffee. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I didn't go for for such for such a mundane daily use like socks. Whereas you've got such uh, high mm-hmm. ideals with your coffee making, Larry. I'm on blanks. I'm on. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Blank Spank. Fuck! I wish I. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I've never interrupted that before. I just wish I was funny enough to respond to you like that. Uh, you came up with the joke that I should have come up with. Anyway, hello and welcome to Blank Spank, season two, the Hathaway Stashaway. I'm Jamie Loxon and with uh, the show where we're chronology reviewing Anne Hathaway's entire IMDb. I'm Jamie Loxon and with me as always is my co-host Al Gillespie. Say hello, Al. Bonjour, Alexandre. Uh, no, if uh, I'm sorry, it should be Hola, Alejandro, if we are talking about this week's film, Rio. And I really hope that Hola is hello in Portuguese, and I don't think it is. Salut. I own, Salut. I own, that's French. Um, I only speak Salut. Spanish. I'm sorry. Uh, it might be saludos. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, um, Jesus Christ. Uh, as as people will remember from last week's episode, uh, we're doing a two-episode uh, record today, and we know we get a little bit loopy in those second episodes. <laughs> we were already pretty loopy in the first episode because we're both pretty tired anyway. Uh, so uh, get ready for some loosey-goosey content this week. Uh, did, did anything happen to you in the uh, three minutes between <laughs> when we recorded the last episode and this episode, other than you made coffee, which we've already talked about? I think we've I think we've exhausted all topics. I, uh, Jamie, I, uh, made some coffee. I found out my dog really likes sprinklers, which is cute. Uh, and that, uh, my dog made a baby, which sounds like a cute adventure that I wasn't a part of because I commit to this podcast. Oh, right? okay. I'm sorry. Um, 
what can we what can we do you know like should we predict things that we think might have happened in two weeks time by the time oh, this comes okay. out uh, you know yeah. let's make up some fake stories i of course Jane, celebrated oh, no, no, england no, no, winning the Jane, euros there's oh. there's something more important okay than all that, more important than england winning say, the euros how do you feel about your national humiliation Oh, 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 why? Do, I talked about nationally. No, right? no, no. I know what you're talking about, but yeah. I, I want to, I will get to it. We'll get to it. What I want to say is I said, this is going to come out in two weeks time. Can we make up some things that might happen in two weeks? And you instead are like, no, let's talk about something that happened two weeks ago. <laughs> so that it's going to be completely temporarily well, irrelevant. Okay. Let me rephrase that. So that I do that in, in, uh, in the context and in the spirit of your thing. Do you think in two weeks you will be over your national humiliation? <laughs> um, uh, for people who, of course, for forgotten because it's completely irrelevant by the time you're listening because England will have already... Uh, let me double check. We won't have won the Euros by then. Uh, yeah, no, we <laughs> could have won the Euros. the Euros. No, no, we couldn't have won the Euros by then, but we might have... Uh, what might we have done? We might have reached the semi-finals or something uh, by the time this comes out. Uh, he, Alexander is, of course, talking about uh, England versus Scotland, uh, which happened couple of days as ago as of recording and it was nil all and it was extremely boring however alexander i'm going to expose you i'm going to expose you because mm-hmm. you don't get you don't get <laughs> to sit here and have a go at me and go oh i'm scottish oh you're english people when two years ago in mm. the world cup you and i watched many England games together where you were wholeheartedly supporting those three (laughs) lions on the shirt. You were singing about it coming home. So don't you come to me, Alexander, on the one day of my wedding where England lose uh, do poorly against Scotland and try to claw back your Scottish nationality, which you very clearly revoked the second <laughs> you even smiled at the concept of England scoring a goal at the World Cup in 2018. That you heathen. That is true. That every Everyone in uh, Brixton who was watching these football games in a pub, outside a pub um, was, was uh, wholeheartedly uh, both uh, English themselves uh, yep. And would never support any other team in any other circumstance. Nope. Absolutely uh, not. No, I, I agree. So I, I, I apologise. Uh, it is, it, it's the two sides of me at war, the, the English and the Scottish. It, it's I am both humiliated and victorious in this draw. <laughs> uh, I do appreciate uh, that uh, for Scottish people out there, the uh, sense of uh, jubilation uh, that one has not lost. All right. Yes. It, it, it's it's very much uh, taking the kind of not guilty plea and saying that means you're innocent. <laughs> but I, I I like it. It's great. Um, right. So not to talk about that too much longer because it is very depressing and hopefully by the time this comes out, uh, England will have done slightly better. I, I think that's highly unlikely. Uh, we're, we're, we're due to potentially play... Um, uh, it's my birthday the next uh, the day after this episode comes out. So wish me a happy birthday, you fucks. Um, but I believe we are due to play uh, potentially our uh, last 16 game on my birthday. Uh, and I think oh. it's going to be very depressing. Can I, can I ask a question? Yep. Let's say I'm pitching a scenario. Let's say you get married. Yeah. And you booked the venue months in advance, and you know. Oh, uh, I, I already, I already know. I can tell. I'm moving the wedding, mate. No chance. I know. <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna walk you down the road. And I'm assuming you're saying England are in the World Cup final, something like that. Yes. At no chance. Moving the wedding. 
I, we're moving the wedding, getting big projectors at the wedding reception, anything. Sure. I don't, <laughs> but I, the actual answer is that I'm never... I. I will. I feel I probably. You know, I'm. I'm a bit of a planner uh, myself. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be. You know, the traditional husband that's completely hands off. Um, no. <laughs> and so, uh, so I think I'm going to see that coming. <laughs> I think I'm going to see fair. that coming. And and that's that's never. I'm afraid that is an eventuality that is extremely <laughs> hypothetical. Firstly, you know, me being deserving of love and marriage in any way at all. Uh, but also, um, I'm going to see that coming. I'm going to stop it from happening. And even if it doesn't don't care moving it mate go I'll, I'll pay i'll pay 50 grand <laughs> how much it costs <laughs> what i love is like rather than just get a projector outside so people can watch the game you're just like no fuck it moving the day moving the day well um, let's let's be honest that's the best for both parties i don't yeah. think my prospective uh wife especially if it, it is true. the person who i'm currently dating who is scottish <laughs> it's gonna be particularly uh so, so you're saying to... you're saying a wedding venue filled with half scottish people wouldn't enjoy watching wouldn't, it, wouldn't enjoy england and no it would Probably also, not. I think more importantly, uh, not even if, when England lost that game, that would just ruin the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, no, no. Here's what I was going to say. Is that... <laughs> not, not that the wedding... Not that the, not that the football would ruin my experience of the wedding. <laughs> the wedding would ruin my experience of the football. <laughs> and that's what I care about more. Uh, if England are in a World Cup final... Um, I, I, I am, I am desperate to, uh, maximize my enjoyment of that, uh, whether we win or lose. Anyway, that's enough of fucking banter Jamie, top. all I'm just going to say, all I'm just yep. going to say, all right, 20, I can't remember when the next World Cup is, uh, uh it's next year, 2022. Yes. And in 20, is it 2022 the one in North America or is it 2026? No, 2022 is the one in Qatar. Yeah. Everyone hates that one. Boo. Yeah. All right. Slavery is bad and Qatar uses it. Bad. Yes. Uh, you know who doesn't? Well, less. Well, not officially. Uh, Canada. Uh, all right. So all I'm saying is, Jamie. All I'm saying is, in a cool five years' time, there's going to be a tournament where you can see all your friends. I'm just throwing it out there. All right. You know lots of people in North America. I know, I live in North America. Alexander. Alexander. Hey, I hate, hate to break together. it to you. If you're still living in fucking Canada <laughs> in five years' time, I will have jumped off a building. <laughs> I was promised two years, Alexander. I, I've, I've had to deal enough with you recently applying for permanent residency. The first word of which is unacceptable. If you were applying for a little bit longer residency, you know, they had that. There's a formal process for applying for, give me a little bit longer. I went through a pandemic. I didn't really spend that much time in your country actually enjoying it. That would be fine. But the permanent, Alexander. Permanent. How dare you? The audacity. I, I am I am very sorry. Every time you say this, it does make it sound like I kind of sat you down, held your hands in my hands and went, it's just two years, it's just two years. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I might be slightly misremembering the conversation, but that was what I got from it. <laughs> I, I, I think I think could have flashback sequence. What probably happened was I said, yeah, I'm getting a two-year visa. And you went, cool, two years jobs, right? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, right, let's Always let's good. not talk about Canada. Let's not talk about Boom. England. Let's not talk about Scotland. Let's not let's talk, talk about, about the World Cup twenty twenty six. All right. No, let's not um, talk about the World Cup twenty twenty six. Let's talk about Brazil because, of course, we are reviewing this week 
the sequel to the film we loved five episodes ago, Rio, the uh, much creatively named Rio 2. So uh, it is my job to give you a little bit of... Uh, am I missing anything? No, we're just going straight into this. This is not normally what we do. We've got no, we got no segments <laughs> before, before we talk about the film. Um, so yeah, this is a sequel to uh, the first film, uh, which was extremely successful and therefore unsurprising that it got uh, a sequel. It made $484 million on a $90 million budget. It was made by Blue Sky, for people who don't remember, the people who made Ice Age. Um wow. And uh, not only did it, does it make sense that this would get a sequel, it makes sense that this would get a sequel in 2014, Alexander. Why might that be, do you think? Uh, well, correct me if I'm wrong. All right, yes, correct me I will. if I'm wrong. I will. That uh, will be my plan. That is always my... my there uh, was... Uh, no, I am definitely wrong. Because what, what I'm thinking of is the Football World Cup, which was not in 2014. I, it's actually the Olympics is coming up. So it was, it was uh, I assume it was... No, no, you've, you've second-guessed yourself, Alexander. Was it the World uh, Cup? Uh, yes, World they had Cup, a two year, they had a, You're right. It was they a two-year sprint they, they had, had both. Yes, so they had, they had in both. 2016, Rio had the Olympics. But in 2014, Brazil, as the entire country... Uh, had the World Cup. Uh, and yes. so it is actually no surprise that this was released. In fact, it was part of their marketing campaign uh, to deliberately release it, it this in the months leading up to the World Cup. Uh, and whether by virtue of that or just by virtue of, for some reason, people like this film, uh, on a $103 million budget, this made $498 million. Uh, so made slightly more, had a slightly larger budget, but made slightly more than its uh, predecessor, which mm-hmm. doesn't often happen uh it, you know there's there's often this idea of sequelitis uh, uh but obviously there are pl- there, yes alexander of Avengers course there are... end game would disagree jamie all right yes. three billion dollar movie yes. and it's a sequel oh. it's not called fucking avengers 2 is it uh, <laughs> it's not quite the same but yes uh, so we have many of the same returning cast uh for people who don't remember it's all uh, in the first movie it was all about um jesse eisenberg or of course we <laughs> I'll very funnily call him Jesse Eisenberg on this podcast because he's playing a bird. Um, he's playing, bird. Uh, he's playing uh, what is thought to be one of the last, uh, or, or the uh, the last, uh, Blue McCaw, but uh, they find another Blue McCaw uh, by the name of Anne Hathaway, so they tried to get them too far oh, to have more kids. By the name of Anne Hathaway. <laughs> by the name of, played <laughs> by Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. They're like, yeah, we can really only cast one person because uh, <laughs> we've already got the character Anne Hathaway. By the name of Jewel, played by Anne Hathaway. Uh, and, you know, they have some adventures in the first movie, and eventually they end up together. Um, mm. uh, uh, we also have many of the other returning cast. Leslie Mann playing uh, Blue's owner, uh linda remembered it don't worry i'm sick of this um we also have uh jermaine clement uh returning as the uh villainous nigel mm-hmm. uh we have will i am and jamie fox and george lopez all returning for some reason um and then we have a few new faces we have um kristen chenoweth uh playing gabby uh, a poison dart frog who's uh, sort of a sidekick to to Jermaine Clement and in love with him. Uh, and we, of course, have Bruno Mars playing uh, the sexy Blue McCaw. Spoiler alert, guys, there's going to be a few more Blue McCaws in this. Um, uh, the, the sexy Blue McCaw, who was only cast in this because the director just fucking saw him on Saturday Night Live. That was it. Firstly, when was that? How's that the first fucking time you've seen Bruno Mars, mate? Come on, get with it. Um, but also... God, Hollywood sucks. Just saw a dude on fucking Saturday Night Live and I was like, yeah, I'm just going to get him in my movie. Sure. I mean, you got it. But also, conversely, think of this, right? The aim of this movie is is 
two things: one, sell tickets, and then two, sell shit related to the movie. So if you can if you can have a song with Bruno Mars in it that can be played on radios, that that is a sell. It's annoying as shit. But yeah. um, for the, it's the same reason why at the end of every Disney movie, they will uh, recent one at least they will redo the big number of the movie. Uh, with uh, a pop star because that's then char- like that's more easily chartable, uh, which works as a kind of stupid cross promotion thing. Yeah, and that's vaguely why Will I Am is in uh, both of these movies, uh, and the songs he makes for them suck. Um, anyway, uh, I I, I tell us, really tell us how you feel about this film, Jamie. Because I, I, uh, I, I mean, I, I, to- I told you I felt about it the first time. Did you, you think the sequel was going to change? Uh, Jamie, uh, I actually have some different opinions on this one. Uh, also, you forgot, you forgot the most important thing, which is of course the uh, the brand of uh, vapes jewel is actually named after the character in this film. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, before we dive into the plot, uh, is it of course it's of course time for six degrees of separation, where we try and join this film to our erstwhile season one star Thomas Jeffrey Hanks by virtue of the game Six Degrees of Separation, using people who have starred together in movies. Um, I can't. I'm sure there's a quick one that we did last time, uh, but I couldn't be bothered to do that one, so I, I tried to go for an interesting one. It's got loads mm-hmm. of steps, but uh, it, it's quite a fun one. Uh, have you got one? No. So, so okay, you, cool. You go we'll go for my fun one. Um, so Jesse Eisenberg, uh, so Jesse Eisenberg, um, is in this, uh, and he uh, stars alongside uh, Andrew Garfield in The Social Network, uh, who stars alongside Nathan Lane in the stage production of Angels in America, which has mm. been filmed, so it counts. Mm, um, okay. it, uh, it, Nathan it Lane, Nathan Lane stars alongside David Schwimmer in American Crime Story: The O.J. Simpson Trial. David Schwimmer stars in Friends with Bruce Willis. And Bruce Willis stars in Bonfire of the Vanities with Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. Bruce There's Willis a fun Bonfire one. Bonfire of the Vanities? Oh, he, is he? Yes, Bruce Willis is like the other... Remember, it was his, like... That's one of the big things he wanted to, like, get break away and be, like, a big leading star, and it was a whole... It's a whole mess, that fucking movie. Um, anyway, that is connected to Thomas Jeffrey Hanks. And now we can dive into... Rio 2. Alexander, it is your favourite part of the show, which, to be fair, you've, you've, you've not been doing it as, mu- as regularly recently. No, I, I, I know. Sorry, I was just trying to figure out whether or not um, uh, I could get from Christian Chenoweth to Tom Hanks, but I, I kind of got stuck around Glee. Um, I'm sure there's <laughs> someone in Glee who's also in... Um, oh, let me think about this. Okay, Christian Chenoweth is in this. Christian Chenoweth is in Glee. Uh, and Dina Mazel is also in Glee, but not in the same episode. I'm not sure if that we. Uh, I'm not sure uh, we just allow. Normally show. we don't. Normally we don't allow okay, that. But, then, but I'll, okay, I'll okay, let you carry easy, on. Going. It's easy enough. I can just go through one of the actors to uh, Indina Mazel. Indina Mazel is in um, uh, oh, uh, Uncut Gems uh, alongside uh, Adam Sandler. Uh, no, wait, can I, do, can I go via... Well, let me, let me, no, 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 no. Okay, okay. you know who else is on Uncle Jens? The Weeknd. The Weeknd was on SNL with Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig is... Daniel Craig on The Weeknd. Right, you then have... Daniel Craig must be in something with Tom Hanks. I don't even know if he is. Uh, so, yes, but... he is. Yes, he is. Uh, Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition, he... there you go. The so, fucking hell. Oh, what, how did you pluck Daniel Craig out and he actually was in something with Tom Hanks? I, I don't know how I got from Uncut Gems. I, I was surprised at the Uncut Gems. I, I, I thought I was going to get Uncut Gems get to Adam Sandler and then I was like, nah, fuck it. Um, very good, very good. No, Fun wow, that was, that was surprising. Uh, Alexander, it's your favourite part of the show. Begins uh, as all good films should. 
uh, with uh, better animation, all right? Straight off the bat, you're looking at this thing, and you're thinking, wow, this looks a lot better than the movie made a couple years ago. Uh, we are in Rio de Janeiro, that's right. There are birds flying everywhere, color, songs. Uh, instead of the 20th Century Fox logo opens, and instead of the regular... Instead of that, it's just, like, kind of bird singing and, like, kind of... Uh, Brazilian music, uh, carnival music, basically. Yeah, we, we get an opening number, and it's uh, exactly like my least favorite number uh, from the last film, which is it's samba music, and then Will I Am turns the fuck up uh, and makes a Will I Am song instead of samba sure. music. And they're all having fun. I think this. I think that it begins at carnival. Um, if you might be thinking to yourself, where are the babies? There were babies at the end of the last one. Ah, yes, that's right. They are all being looked after by uh, Tracy, uh, Tracy Tracy Morgan. Morgan. Um, uh, I, I, who honestly, it's not good that Tracy Morgan and Tracy, the character Tracy Jordan, have such similar names because I will naturally go to the one I've heard the most, which is Tracy Jordan. Every time uh, he's meant to be looking after them. However, the, the baby birds are being looked after by a, a small bird I can't remember from the first one. Whoever he's there, um, it, you know, Blue is there. They're all having fun. Everyone is liking Rio. Uh, however, the birds, you know, the baby birds uh, have kind of picked up after Blue, and they're all slightly domesticated. Uh, yes. Jewel, um, Jewel kind of wants to show them the wonders of Brazil nuts. However, Blue is making pancakes for them, which sounds delicious. Uh, and she doesn't, you know, Jewel yeah, this, doesn't really like this. This fucking been... fun vampire is like, oh, my kids are having fucking pancakes. Ugh, Jesus, that's bad. Be having nuts. Yeah. Um, uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in the movie, uh, back at the farm, um, we have uh, the kind of Linda character as well as the. Um, oh god, what's his name? I'll find it for you. I'll oh god, find it guy, for from, you. guy from guy uh, from what's he called? Carl Carl from uh, 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 Tulio Tulio. Sure, it's Linda and Tulio. The the, the the Linda who was Blue's owner and Tulio who is now her husband. Yeah. Uh, the the guy who clearly wanted to fuck birds in the last movie. Um, they're all they're both uh, doing some experiments and searching through the Amazon. Um, and the long and short of it is they find they find a fe- a feather that they believe to belong to another blue macaw. And they're like, oh shit, maybe there's more blue, blue macaws out here. They put out on the TV like, hey, we found this. We're going to do some more research here. And Blue and Jules see that. And Jules like, oh, we should go down to the Amazon and we should see them. And we should join them. We should see if we can find some more blue macaws. And, uh, and you know, Jesse Eisenberg, he's a little little bitch ass, is like, oh, I'm not really sure. And she's like, no, it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, and I want to throw out here, um, Jesse Eisenberg uh, is treated poorly this entire film. And we're going to get into this, all right? <laughs> we'll get into the fact that I think he's treated very poorly for this entire movie. However, he agrees. He says, sure, let's go. He gets a little fanny pack. He gets he gets prepped for the trip. Yeah, he's uh, got, he's got like a GPS made. tracker. He's yeah, got his, like, cool, uh, his we'll go um, Swiss Army knife. He's got all these human tools. Sure, and he's like, you know, we'll do this. It'll be fine. Um, they then go to, uh, they then fly to, uh, not fly, they, they kind of go on a, on a quest uh, through the Amazon to um, kind of, at the moment, just kind of getting out of the city and they kind of fly around. The kids are all adventurous and the kind of kids at the beginning of the film are like, hey, mum always says yes to everything, uh, but you're a no man. You always say no to everything. That sounds like a tough decision to be put in by your partner. That That's not very nice. Yeah. You know, that, you, that you always have to say no. That seems yeah. um, irresponsible by your bird partner, but whatever. Uh, we also then cut to uh, Jermaine, Jermaine Clement, Clement as, who plays uh, Nigel, the villain from Nigel. the first movie. Uh, he died a... in the first film. I, want, I, I maintain 
ought to have died in the first movie. Yes. Because um, he got hit into a propeller. And yes. At the end, we see him still alive. He's apparently He was apparently reassembled by surgeons who said he'll never fly again. I don't know why they went all this effort to save this bird. Or, I don't know, write another villain. Yes. Who knows? But, uh, well, because they wanted Jermaine Clement back so he can do his delightful song later, which is sure. great. And he's, but um, he, Jermaine Clement is a, J- is a Jermaine talent. Clement. Yeah, I'm not being exciting. too mean. Um, However... He in this movie, like his character in this movie, is very superfluous to, to Bruce. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ba- basically, just has his own fucking B plot until the last two minutes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's he's in he's, a cage. He can't fly anymore. Sure. Um, he's actually like a like a street fortune. performing fortune teller. He, he has been like captured by this, uh, like a, a not like a street hustler, but, but someone who's just um, you know a, a street performer kind of thing. He's been made into a psychic bird who will pick your fortune from a kind of a series of things. Yep. Um, um, but he Christian sees... Chenoweth, please. Yeah, Christian Chenoweth plays his, his best friend saying... who's a dog, a frog. Sorry, frog. Um, Christian Chenoweth also he sorry. What should he like? Is Jermaine Clement's uh, his first scene in this film performing the uh, uh, the Hamlet's uh, to be or not to be speech. Um, yes, which I like, and to which to which uh, Christian Chenoweth was like, "Oh, what's that? Uh, what's that about? It sounds so romantic, or whatever." And he's like, "It's about death." Whereas really, it's about suicide. So I like that he is just this bird begins this film being like, "Should I kill myself or not?" That's quite yep. funny. Um, um, uh, he then but, he then sees Blue uh, yeah. flying and his family, and he's like full of he becomes full of rage. He's full of indignity. This bird, him. we have a flashback to the sequence in which he was like forced into a propeller. Yep. Uh, a terrible way and he's like I must murder this bird he yep. escapes from captivity and goes to hunt down Blue so that is the beat uh, that he- with with his poisoned dart frog friend uh, Chris and Chenoweth who uh, is in love with uh, Nigel but also cannot touch him because she is poisonous yes. uh, so she's she's very sad about this um, they're, they're sort of arriving in the Amazon meanwhile we get a little shot of uh the villain for the human side, which is, okay. oh, it's the Amazon rainforest. Who do you think the villain is going to be? Deforestation. Um, yeah. So there's a guy called Big Boss uh, who's um, doing illegal logging in this area. And he finds out about them doing research in this area um, that might, you know, interfere. And so uh, mm-hmm. he's unhappy. Um, he doesn't like that. No. So they then he can, they can then proceed to go through the forest. Everyone's having a great time. Blue is enjoying himself a bit. All right, he's still a yep. bit nervous, but he's going through the following the GPS. Eventually, they get to the point where the GPS says, "Hey, you, Linda should be here." However, Linda's not super around. She's kind of a little bit off. I think she's actually in a like deep background in some of the shots. Um, and he's kind of looking around. Uh, Jewel is like, uh, "Just get it, you know, just just stop using the GPS. You're a bird. Just enjoy yourself." And suddenly all the birds and the other animals come with him because it's not just the uh, Blue and uh, Jules family. It is, in fact, uh, George... Uh, Will, Lope- yeah, uh, Will I Am and George Lopez and, and Jamie Foxx and all that. Have all come down to... Um, and most of them speak for maybe less than two minutes of dialogue in this entire film. Uh, maybe probably less than one. Um, they then get all get swept up because, uh, that's right, uh, Andy Garcia is here, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you're right, what was missing from the first movie? More Andy Garcia... Um, we it, it turns out Andy Garcia is this kind of big military-looking bird. Uh, he's a blue macaw, uh, and kind of surrounded by other blue macaws. He's angry at uh, Blue at being like, you know, "Who are you?" Blah blah blah. But we find out that Andy Garcia is in fact uh, Anne Hathaway's father. Yes. Um, which and uh, you know this kind of raises a, a, a slight issue um, of Andy Garcia sounding like Andy Garcia, George Lopez sounding like George Lopez, which is to say, uh, you know. 
kind of Spanish accents. Yeah, um, Hispanic accents. Yeah. Uh, Anne Hathaway, who is born in Rio, uh, who who lives her entire life, uh, unless she's pronouncing a Spanish name, just speaks like Anne Hathaway. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I I I did I did establish this in the first movie how it really sucks. How they're like, oh, we're not gonna re- we're gonna make a movie about Rio, but we're not really gonna have any Brazilian people, uh, despite the fact Jamie, that it'd be really fucking I, easy to. I I think we talked about if you want that, Jamie, you can just go watch the Portuguese version of this film. All right. Okay. Go, but go in this the, version, you, you are. Not, on, I'm agreeing go, with you, Alex. Just change. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Jamie. You know what? I changed my opinion. My annoyance with this argument last. So it's back. If you want that, go change the audio track to the Portuguese Brazilian version, and then change the subtitles to English. And that way, okay. you'll and, have the and, you and that way, Anne Hathaway will sound like her own father. Uh, but <laughs> in this true. movie, she does not. Is, um, anyway, uh, yeah. So they basically have a little reunion, and they're like, "Yeah, no, we're we're the Blue Macaws, and we live here in secret. We've been, we hate uh, humans. you know, humans we, are bad. we, we hate humans. Humans are bad." I can't remember when it comes in the movie, so I'll just say it now because we'll probably not remember. But basically, uh, the the logging, the, this illegal logging, came in on their environment, and that's what caused um, uh, Anne Hathaway to be split yeah. from uh, from the family. So that's why he hates uh, humans because they've constantly been, you know, cutting down his environment, mm-hmm. uh, his habitat. Uh, but, but they've Jamie, managed to find a, a safe yeah. haven for them all to live together. I- importantly, though, it's not just sexy Andy Garcia. It is in fact. Uh, sexy sexy uh bruno mars shows up and he's yes. an old flame of jewel apparently when they're like yes. 14 13 yes he is, he is roberto and secure. and it, it it's it's the fun thing about movies where they animate animals and then they have to make a character be sexy and it's like how do you make a blue what makes a blue macaw sexy and apparently in this it's like tufty hair i guess is is what makes him um uh, and just you know being bruno mars um mm. but yeah uh, blue blue is a little bit uh, intimidated by this guy uh because you know he's, he's bruno mars he's fucking sexy yeah, shit. um oh sick are we gonna get to put uh blue are we gonna get to put uh bruno mars blue mccore in Anne's man's list yeah of course because uh, it's because it's a, a uh, formal love interest um what i will say so that kind of happens um, we then proceed down to a, a series of sequences, uh, which I'm probably, which probably going to amalgamate. Um, I, yep. w- I do want to take one time to mention what uh, the two best musical numbers in the entire Rio franchise. Um, okay. One of which, as Alyssa described, is someone went really hard on trying to write a Stephen, a Stephen Sondheim song number for Kristen Chenoweth, which is to say that it is almost a too difficult a song to put into a kid's movie where she's doing it's such a Stephen Sondheim song where she's kind of been like I love him but I hate him you know the kind of the Sondheim me like kind of like a lot of stops and a lot of like difficult song stuff because Christian Chenoweth can do it because Christian Chenoweth is a goddamn talent Uh, every now and then you uh, I'm sure you have those too right like you kind of um watch a lot of movies and you're like oh the actor, there's a there's a range of quality of acting but sure like actors are good and then you go to uh, see someone who can both act but could also just sing with incredible ability no and... no I, you know Alexander as a host of a podcast about Anne Hathaway uh, I have no clue what you're talking about it's I've true. never heard of an no, actor but... who can also sing but... I've never heard of an actor who is sure. really desperate to let you know that she can sing but, but here's the thing Jamie <laughs> and Hathaway can, can for normal people sing well can, and can, can sing really good and, and Hathaway is not Christian Chenoweth Christian Chenoweth is, is not that's, it's, the, it's the weird thing where you go to like the West End or, or Broadway and you see like just some of these 
performers and you're like oh okay I, yeah i can i can see where the insane amount of talent comes in here and yeah. christian Chenoweth is a goddamn delight in this and I, yep. I think she's really fantastic it's a really good number the other one is the um uh, they're auditioning for the, 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 the one of the so, kids wants to do a like amazon's got talent yeah, I can't. I can't remember why, but yeah, they're like they're gonna have a talent show, and it's hosted. It's like run by um, uh, Jamie Fox and and sure. um, Thingy's character for some reason. I can't remember why. I believe. I believe it's that they were going to originally do a show. I think in Rio there was like a Rio Animals Got Talent kind of thing. Yeah, and they wanted to find someone. They wanted to find some people for that. I believe. I think. Yeah. Uh, or it's like for Carnival or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they want to find um, a new person to do stuff with. Yeah, um, and uh, the, for some reason, so Nigel has has found his way to to this area, uh, and so he is auditioning in this um, in this uh, talent show, uh, and he sings. Uh, this is of course uh, Jermaine Clement. He sings "I Will Survive" with yeah. some rap verses in it. Um, are you like I think this? Was, you, at some point, I can't remember what the specific context is. Like, someone's like, you know, if I have to go harder, go harder. If I have to ping pong, I'll ping ponger. I think there's a line somewhere in that. You know what? I appreciate someone sat down and put that pen to paper because you get an A plus for effort, my friend. This is a fun sequence, even if the rapping is terrible. Uh, yeah, I, 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 the, the, what this song, like especially the the rapping part of it, is it just. It just depressed me because what it was was fucking focus group, round table, bunch of fucking corporate suits writing a fucking kids movie. And it depressed the shit out of me. They were like, oh, what are we going to? Well, we're going to have a fun rapping sequence and, and they're going to beatbox mm. together and it's going to be so cool and all the kids are going to love it. And I was I just, like a lot of this movie struck me as that just just like really. If you know, you know, you know, if ever, you know that if I've, I talk about this a lot, but you know the John Mulaney sack lunch bunch, and yeah. there's that sketch that he yes. has about John Mulaney talking to the kids about the movie they just saw and yeah. how they all go on about. The, it's like, oh, so for how many of you who just saw this movie, is this your favorite movie ever? And they all fucking put their hands up and they all talk about how like one of the kids is just out of breath going. And then this one part of the movie, there's Bing Bong, and he gets up and he's doing a hula hoop, and John Mulaney's like, yes, I know, I wrote it, but go on, and, he's like, and then he's. And he buzzes him to the sword, and the sword is doing a, a sing, and a, and it's just it's just fucking exhausted me. Are, Kids are fucking idiots. It's there, are, there are two there are two things I need to say about this sequence though, because because you got into this conversation. One, uh, Rio two, and actually Rio one as well. More than anything in my life, have made me afraid about being a, a father because and having I know, to be, yeah, yeah, I know that. Hey, once a year, you or maybe once every two years, you might get a Pixar movie. But the majority of movies your kids are going to watch are probably of the quality of Rio Rio too, maybe worse. Yeah. Uh, and that deeply worries me. Um, uh, the, the second thing, Jamie, is um, some people uh, go around and be like, oh, what cultural appropriation? What is this shit? But I dare you to watch Jermaine Clement rap this and not <laughs> understand that maybe, maybe sometimes cultural appropriation takes something, removes it from its context entirely and uh, churns and, it out and, from and capitalism. Yes. And it's not good. <laughs> It's no, it's maybe. It's but not. I like the sequence. It's the not. sequence is fun. It's and well animated. The se- it's, yeah, the it's, sequence is well animated, and and that's just like. Jermaine Clement himself is a very talented musician who has done lots of different genres of music. Um, but 
you know, he's a lot more talented musician and writer than whoever wrote this uh, material. Sure. Anyway, so well, look, hey, well, the the, the the he's. I will say, the composer for the musical, I think is. I think like the underlying compose composition is fine. I I, I just think the book yeah. is a bit weird and not good. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah no. The the, the the music itself is fine. It's the yes. the, the so. The kind of other yeah. things that happen throughout. Uh, Jewel is being pretty horrible to Blue. I'm going to throw this out there. Um, yeah. Blue is consistently having a bit of an anxiety attack. He's struggling with being around there, but he's trying really hard to make it known that he loves his wife and that he wants to do stuff to make her happy. That, that, yeah. is, that is made clear throughout this film. Um, Jewel's dad hates Blue, like hates him oh, with yeah. a passion. Yeah, because because like, he because Blue is so human. And yeah. he uses all of his tools. And when he finds out that Blue basically was a pet, he's like, you're scum under my yeah. claws. And, um, you know, that, that that is upsetting to Blue, as it would be upsetting to anyone if uh, they allowed... Uh, if, if if I allowed my father to talk to uh, listen like that, uh, I would not be okay with that. Like that, I, that would not be okay. That'd be yeah. That'd be, uh, um, to... Yeah. So I I think also specifically Blue at some point suggests like, oh, we should go and get Linda. You know, she'll she'll be able to help. She's a conversation. Con, con, she's a she's a conversationist. Uh, she's a she's a conservationist. Conservation. Whatever. Yeah, you know con- what I mean. She's a someone who can. She'll, just, she'll get people trapped in these long-winded conversations, yeah. and by the time they leave, they have no idea what they wanted to do. They'll be like, oh, "I wanted to log <laughs> shit. I, I guess it was nighttime. I can't log now. Do that every day. You're sorted." She is someone who conserves, uh, and and so he thinks that she would be able to help. And he's like, "Wow, help from the humans? No." Uh, that's Scum. not what it sounds like. Um, so Blue goes to go get some Brazil nuts. It's expressed that Brazil nuts are the the secret to their to their immortality. Yeah, and um, that's that's a good thing apparently. So uh, Blue's like, you know what? I'm gonna. It's, it's established also earlier. There are some parrots, and the parrots stick to one side of the forest, and the yes, uh, they they, they are spe- the spe- specifically, you know, your your classic like red parrot called a mm. scarlet macaw. Uh, so we've got the blue macaws and the scarlet that's macaws. Scarlet. But you know, you you know, you picture a parrot. It's that yeah, kind of parrot. That, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> do you know, JB, let me just throw that out while we were talking about birds very briefly. Um, the Yeah, no, you know well, yes, we've only briefly been talking sure. about birds. Do you birds. know that ra- like ravens and starlings can talk, can mimic human speech? I knew ravens could. I didn't know starlings could. I, I, apparently starlings can also mimic, but apparently they've got, <laughs> I think it's starlings, which are quite good at it. I find it insane the number of birds which can just talk. That is weird to me because you only think parrots can talk. Growing up, you're like, parrots can talk, okay? Yeah. And then apparently it's a bunch of them and that's weird and scary. Well, it, I don't like well it's not that they can talk. It's they just can that talk. they can they make can sounds. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, Jamie. Okay, you're right. They can't hold a conversation, but they can <laughs> speak. Uh, it's... You know, yeah, and uh, so can babies. It's real easy. Um, yeah, he's impressive when a baby does it too. Um, uh, but it's less so yeah, he, eventually yeah, talk more. He's yeah. looking for a Brazil nut, um, but he comes across these uh, red macaws and they're like, yeah. oh, look at this fucking wimp. We're going to bully him. Um, uh, and specifically, the there's there's the like a sexy red macaw for them as well. Um, called There's like Felipe, that's his name. So you got you got Roberto, our sexy blue macaw, and then there's yeah. Felipe, the sexy uh, red macaw, who's like the leader. Um, and I think uh, Blue accidentally likes hits him with a branch or something um, while trying to collect this Brazil nut, uh, and and that that doesn't go down. I can't remember what it is. He he causes it's, it's, some no, slight. It's, no, no, no. It's the slight is that he is stealing a Brazil nut from their side of the forest. Oh, okay. They've they've agreed to the sides. He's been like, you broke the pact. 
So we're going to go to the Death Bowl, and we're going to Death Bowl it out. It's and time for wins, war. Gets the entire jungle, and they're like, okay. So, uh, of course, naturally, Andy Garcia is really annoyed about this. Uh, Jewel is mean about this, too. He's like, I was just trying to get a nut. She's like, why? You don't even like nuts. And he's like, because I was trying to make you happy. I love you, and you are being pretty horrible to me yeah. most Ima- of this imagine, movie. <laughs> imagine, like, like I know uh, I, my girlfriend really likes books. I do not. Imagine I went to a bookshop, and it was like, it was like her favorite bookshop. Uh, and I didn't really know what I was doing, and and like I accidentally locked over one of the bookshelves, yeah. <laughs> and I come back and I go, I'm really sorry, I, I didn't mean, but I was I was trying to get you a book, and she went, Why? You don't even like books. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really nonsensical response. You're like, Oh man, I went to this bookshop, knocked a bookshelf over, and she's like, Oh, you forget, I, I, I do not stand for this in this house. If what if? Oh man. Um. So uh, she then gets quite annoyed. Uh, he then goes to the death ball. Turns out the death ball just just football. Just, just football. football. Yeah, yeah. Um, but finally, the first the first part of actual Brazilian culture that they're introducing into this film, um, which is football. Um, and it's yeah, it's kind of like bird football. So you know, they they're all like hopping it up and round, and and it's all in the air, and they're doing. Yeah. Uh, bicycle kicks and stuff sure. and it's good but no fun. one's letting Blue in but, and, and we see sorry as we knew from the beginning of the film this was this is a setup and a payoff uh, kind of thing at the beginning of the film uh, Blue is making these pancakes and he's like someone shot me a blueberry and he with smooth skill is able to deflect the blueberries with his uh, feet He's he is nimble and graceful he's like I would be great at this bird Brazilian yeah. nut football yeah uh, he's, coach, he's like what in. are we playing 4-4-2 4-5-1 where are you putting me uh, and, I'm, and I'm really glad that the, the very not Brazilian person who wrote this film managed to do enough research to get two correct formations for football <laughs> congratulations um, to them well done um so so eventually he's put in uh, and you know he's kind of he's kind of doing he's graceful he's doing this but everyone's like pass pass and he's like no i want to be in charge that's right I, i'm gonna win and i'm gonna get glory but instead he's just an own goal and yeah yeah he, he does the most beautiful bicycle kick own goal you've ever seen um and so, uh, so yeah, they they lose their territory to to the Scarlet Macaws, and Blue is like, fine, I guess I'm fucking out, ski. It's <laughs> well, clear, clear, I'm not um, especially, not especially wanted here anymore. It's in a terrible se- moment, which I, again I'm going to talk about in a bit. But like, um, where Jewel is like, uh, she's like, well, you've you destroyed her home, and he's like, our home's in Rio, and she's like, uh, why don't you stop being so selfish? All right. Everyone is doing great here, so you just got to be okay with living here for now. Like, can you just stop being so selfish? And this entire movie, this man has not been selfish at all. Nope. He's gone a very long way to help her find this stuff. He's tried to be as accommodating as humanly possible. But imagine if one day, we're going to stop referring to her actual partners, but like, no, imagine for me, right? Imagine if uh, Alyssa had, hadn't been like, hey, do you want to, like, have we hadn't mutually decided? But Alyssa just, like, we went on a, to Canada on holiday, and then Alyssa turned to me and went, you're never going back. Home. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would be the equivalent. That would fuck me up. That would fuck yep. anyone up. And it was a shitty thing to do. Almost makes you think that oh, okay, they're gonna have a reveal at the end that no jewels sort of being kind of uh, a bit self censored. But no, that does not happen. No, at all, no, no. Blue's just gonna continue being great. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, he he decides he's like, I'm gonna give up all of my human stuff. You know, I've I've, I've you know what? I, I I'm gonna do the most greatest selfless act. I'm gonna destroy everything I know and love. Um, yeah. Just so my family can be happy, we uh, should have mentioned it at some point. Um, Linda and Tulio uh, got captured by uh, by the logging people, uh, so they're tied to a fucking tree. 
Um, so Blue is going and he's getting ready to dump all of his shit. Um, uh, and he hears Linda. Uh, and Linda's like, Blue, it's you, it's you. Um, and he saves them. Um, and uh, basically, f- while fleeing from then, uh, figures out that the logging company is about to just tear down. The- it doesn't matter about the Red McCords or who has this because the logging company is about to take it all down. Um, now, Alexander, there is a, a moment where Tulio runs out uh, in front of this fleet of uh, machinery. It's, you know, like like uh, wrecking balls and and like JCBs and, and all of that. And he runs out and he stands in front of one of them and, and stops it. There's no, there's no delicate way to ask this. Are they? Is that supposed to be a reference to Tiananmen Square? I don't. Because that was so. my immediate thought. You can see what I'm thinking, though, right? Should, like, yes, yes, but like, so yes, obviously the the image. Of, like, he's very explicitly in a big blank clearing. He's faced with a whole load of machinery, and it's sure. a single man I, just standing I, in front of him. I would say yes, except for the fact that there is there is a trope in culture of like someone lying down in front of a bulldozer, the kind of thing of someone tying themselves to a tree. So I think I think there is enough of a separate trope, which isn't necessarily Tiananmen Square related. Fair enough. That Fair I think enough. it's playing we'll, into we'll, that. We'll, be, we'll are... be generous to this film. Jamie, for a film which I'm sure wanted to sell a lot in China, I don't think they'd have a Tiananmen Square reference in there. That's fair. That's very fair. Um, so we're, we're vaguely near the um, uh, near the end here, so we can uh, pretty much power through. Blue goes back. He's like, hey, these uh, these logging fuckos, uh, they're, they're about to... Uh, they're about to tear this whole shit down, so we should probably go fix that. Uh, and then the macaws are like, "Ah, oh, you're probably right, to be honest." Um, so they all fly through. We get an action sequence, and if you've ever seen um, uh, Lord of the Rings, uh, and and the big sequence with uh, with you know Legolas flying and Gimli flying through and taking down all these elephants, uh, it's essentially that, but with uh, blue macaws and and JCBs instead. Uh, so they're all uh, you know just as as flocks of birds managing to take down. Uh, entire uh, pieces of machinery. Um, Linda has a, 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 you know, her her Lord of the Rings. I am uh, I am no man moment uh, and takes down uh, a piece of machinery by herself. Um, and you know, Blue turns around and goes, "That only counts as one." Uh, just to stick with that even more. Um, uh, but yeah, so they they take it all down. But then Big Boss, the the the, the main guy, he's like, "Fuck this! I'm just gonna blow it all up anyway." Uh, so blue, uh, is like, oh fuck. Okay. I gotta, I gotta get rid of these things. Um, and, uh, big boss is about to, to finish him off. Uh, when Nigel turns up, uh, again, has not really interacted with the main plot ever. Um, but, uh, he turns up and he's like, no, this little shithead is mine. So he hops on board. Um, again, he cannot fly, but he is grabbed onto the, the dynamite that blue has grabbed. Uh, and he's flying up, you know, Dark Knight Rises style. He's flying over the water and sacrificing himself with the dynamite. Um, uh, but they fly up, they fly up. Eventually, Blue manages to get it high enough and then sort of yeah. knocks Nigel off. And they just escape the blast. They they, mm-hmm. they get singed a little bit, uh, but they manage to uh, survive, as does the forest. And so everyone's happy. We get the resolution which is firstly that um, the Nigel, what? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The frog. The frog isn't poisonous. Um, oh, yeah. No, we do get. We do get. To be fair, quite a fun sequence, which is Jermaine Clement 
um, giving his like he's he's like oh is this how I am to die with a with a standing ovation a final curtain call um, and and then he dies and then um, the Chris and Chenoweth is like no if he cannot live I will not live either and then like drinks her own poison and dies Romeo and Juliet style um, and then uh, you know so the McCalls start doing a slow clap uh, and then one of the kids goes but she's not poisonous and then Chris and Chenoweth immediately wakes up and goes what. And he's like, yeah, no, no, you're you're a blankety blank frog. Uh, I read about them in school. You, you know, you're not poisonous. And, but my parents always told me they were po- I was poisonous. Well, it turns out your parents are dickheads. Um, and so, um, also Nigel isn't dead for some goddamn reason because um, Nigel can never die. Uh, but Nigel oh, does get. Uh, Nigel does get taken in by Tulio and Linda. That's the end of his story. Is you know they found this uh, amazing um, uh, whatever he is. Is he a toucan? No. What is he? He's a cook- cockatoo. Uh, we found this cockatoo. We're going to take him back to Rio. Um, and uh, you know everyone will accept Blue in now because he's a hero. Uh, and if, if the dad is even. He's not anti-human anymore. He's wearing his own fanny pack. And that's it, basically. Oh, they also, said, they also set up a conservation... The, the, this area of the rainforest is declared a conservation site. Yes. So I think I think it's meant to be like Linda will come back at times, and like that is the resolution. Jamie, yeah. you know what's surprising? That sounds like the exact same resolution they had at the end of the first film, except now it's just in the Amazon rainforest rather than yep. near... It's not Because the first one wasn't even in Rio. It was just like the edge of the rainforest rather than the centre of the rainforest. Yeah. So, cool. I guess. Okay, let's talk about this film, Jamie. Let's yeah. talk about this film. So, of course, when we talk about movies, what we do is we rank them on certain criteria. For instance, we say what we think of the film, uh, and then we give it a ranking out of five. We say how good we think Anne Hathaway's performance was, and we give it a ranking out of five. We decide uh, how much is Anne Hathaway America's sweetheart in this movie, give it a ranking out of five. And then we start doing some interesting things. Okay. Then we start taking Anne Hathaway's love interests uh, in the movie and uh, ranking those and putting that into our okay, basically himbo list, effectively. Uh, and then finally, we of course uh, decide whether we want to stash away this Hathaway film, uh, put it in the Hathaway stash away, uh, and if not, we find something else to put in there instead. So, Jamie, what did you think of this movie? I thought this movie sucked. I I'll be honest, I functionally stop fucking paying attention about halfway through nothing fucking happens in this movie this movie's bad um like i say it just immediately from the beginning struck me as just just a fucking focus grouped kids movie with no i don't want to be too mean about people who made this because i'm sure they felt like they were making something good but there's no yeah i there just doesn't feel like there's any passion in this it really doesn't it feels like a vehicle to make money and that's it it does not feel like many people's hearts were truly in this one i i'm willing to believe that in rio one people's hearts were in it especially the director you know he he had a personal connection i think he had his own uh parrot or something and you know the director himself is from this area um so i'm willing to believe that the first one had some some real will and desire behind this and then blue sky will like make a fucking another one and they were like fucking really do we have to yeah. and everyone was like we'll pay we'll pay you lots of money and they were like fine oh shit another movie out and hmm. I, I i don't I, it's it's not it's not like really bad it's just a pretty typical high budget 
kids movie with no real creativity behind it and Mm. i just think that's lazy because you can make good kids movies they fucking exist the paddington movies are a great example the entirety of the early simpsons it's not movie but you know you can make high quality it's family but but uh, but you can make you can make kids movies or all of pixar everything made by pixar like even though it's worst is, is is creatively better um, if you uh, and that's like that's a high benchmark the majority even of like just because because he's what I'm going to say right like it's not that you have to be striving to make art or even necessarily anything that comments on something because look at the work of like I think the, the probably best example is look at something like DreamWorks right like yeah. do you does if, if you sit here and you think any of the Shrek movies were made by people who thought this was a piece of art I, I would say they probably didn't they were making a, a commercial comedy who even if they wanted to tell jokes i don't think anyone was thinking this is high certainly not high art i I think even then they were probably just making something which they were like okay this is funny but like it's entertainment rather than art shrek is way better than this shrek is funny um shrek has a coherent narrative shrek's great even take probably the closest the closest thing to something like rio which i'd actually say is the kung fu panda movies in that the first one is the first one is about hey someone who's an outsider finds this place in the world that's a pretty standard narrative um, except that is once again has a much one better vocal performances and two a better narrative. None yeah. of the Rio movies particularly have a great narrative. But Jamie, I got to ask you a question: Have you got a have you got a glass of milk ready? I, I don't. What? Why? Because I'm about to give you a spicy take. All right. Okay. So get ready <laughs> to have something I'm to ready. quench I'm, the I, spice. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I don't think I'm ready. I am exhausted, Alexander. I, I, I genuinely do not believe I'm ready. But you're gonna have to hit me with it anyway. Right. So we're gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna pour my spicy takes right into Jamie's ear, yeah. uh, like I am uh, Hamlet's mean uncle. Um, right, uh, Jamie. Uh, I much preferred Rio two to Rio one. Um, oh fuck off! Now, now here's <laughs> here's why I will say, Rio one. I agree. Rio one felt like it was made by people who cared. I didn't care. Rio yeah. one. Um, I just maintained felt for whatever reason. Rio one like had more of a narrative, like a structure. I'd agree with that. And but because I didn't like it, I was like, eh. Rio 2 felt overwhelmingly more vignette. There are no real emotional stakes. Most of the characters are are worse written than in the first one, right? So for example, yep. like Anne Hathaway in the first one gets to play off Jesse Eisenberg. It is tighter, there are less characters, they get to interact. In this one, she doesn't. So I, I will admit characters are worse written. But because of that it becomes lightened from narrative expectations. So the individual bits, there were bits in this which I much, I preferred the songs in this, for instance. I think the songs in this one are better than the songs in Rio 1. I think the animation is better than in Rio yeah. 1. Like the, the animation, that's just time, right? Like over time yeah. it gets better quality. But I found, so there are vignettes where I, la- I laughed more, probably because they're separated. I agree as a movie, it's not It's not a good movie. It's, it's not any of that at all, but I, I still preferred it to the first one. If because I, I was really turned off the first one for whatever reason. That's um, fair. It could also be sexy however, deprivation. I'm not sure. However, what, what Alexander, this where we'll come to our ratings of the movies. And of course, I give decimal places and you do not. And this is where your non-decimal places cause you difficulties. Because I hate to break it to you. You gave Rio 1 a 2. Are you going to mm. give Rio 2 a 3? No, I'm giving it a two, no. Jamie. I'm giving well it a then, two. I'm well then, well then, that does two. not represent. What's um, a better two, Alexander? Jamie, what's Jamie, a better Jamie, two? If my entire, I am sorry. I am sorry. 
if my entire five star rating system was done on base Rio, that is to say, Rio <laughs> one is a two, everything else must be in relation to that, that it would be functionally unusable because everything would be a five. Well, um, that is why I say it is unusable, sir, and why the decimal system is so much better. For I can say that I gave Rio a two, and I can be like, this was worse, so it's a one point five. The magic. The, the beauty, beauty, the simplicity. It is interesting. Um, um, and Hathaway's performance. Uh, oh, I, uh, what did I give her in the first one? Uh, in the first one, uh, you gave her a two. <sighs> I here's my thing. I dislike almost. I, I just like most things about her character more in the second one. She beca- she goes from being like. A better, a slightly better written character to um, just generic tropes like wife tropes. Yeah. Um, the issue is, and like she, she, she does not have any growth. I, I honestly, I legitimately thought that this movie was going to end with some character growth for her, which is to, to say, like, because in the she's like, oh, you're so selfish. In the first movie, Jesse Eisenberg does make a bunch of, you know, he changes, he goes through an arc, and he changes for her, and that's yeah. nice. And in this movie, he does that again. Yeah, the suggestion in this film that Jesse Eisenberg, by wanting to stay where they had made her home, is bad and is cowardly and is anxious to shit, is really unfair. Because yeah. as someone who has moved very far for a partner, like if you don't want to do that, that is a completely and I, I, I want to stress this for everyone. Like if your partner ever says you're a coward if you don't change everything about yourself, so it's good for me, that is not a good relationship. No, and. In this movie, that is what she does. She's like, hey, this would be better for me, be a lot worse for you. I want you to change everything you want for me. And doesn't even really, like, he has a choice, but, like, not not much. She's basically just like, the kids are better here, so the kids are staying. That is not good. It's, it, I, do I think they thought about it that much? No, I think they just care. I just think they knew that Blue was the main character, therefore they didn't want to give her an arc. But I legitimately thought it was going to end with them keeping the, their secrets. And going home, having kept the secret. I thought that's yeah. what it was going to be. Rather than, um, oh no, we're just going to basically just move the ending of the first movie into here. Uh, I, I, I can't say the performance is worse because she's not worse. The character's worse. The character, I, I maintain the character just becomes, a, 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 again, again, people try, but, but, but more hackneyed tropes. Um, but I'd still get a two, but a lower two. Um, I cannot remember a single line that Anne Hathaway delivers in this movie and I watched it yesterday I I, now admittedly willing to accept that that might be down to my uh, attention levels that I gave the movie uh, alongside the performance but I I, I just think it's again that's going to come down to writing and and, and whatever and and I agree with you the character arc uh, is, is rubbish or non-existent but I I, I can't even picture her really doing anything in this movie, so I think I have to give it worse than I can. I can still at no, least I... remember one single specific line from Rio One, which is when she speaks Portuguese. Mm. Um, but um, I, I I think it it's it's one. It's again not to be too harsh, but it's a sequel where it made a lot of money, so they got people in again. And they didn't necessarily want to do it again, but they were in the first one, and they had to, pay, and they paid them a decent amount of money, so they were like, "Fuck it, I'll do it again." Yeah. Uh, and so I'm gonna give it a one point five. 
you know what, Jamie, you persuaded me, she gets a one. Um, and, oh, and that, yeah, let's go. And that's back to the old Tom Hanks thing, which was to say, there is no point to this rating system if we won't ever give her one. Um, you know, like, it, it is to say that, like, you you have a choice as an actor to be in projects. And she could have not, they could have just recast her. And, like, if it was a role where I'm, I maintain, I feel a lot of this character gets regressed. Yeah. And, and become, and engages in slightly regressive tropes and again we I, I hey we've talked about this for an hour obviously we are overthinking a terrible a not a not particularly good kids movie but i feel like a lot of the, what her character becomes is quite regressive in terms of its portrayal of like wives mothers human beings women you know you know and bird, bird, female bird tropes yeah. have just been just been down in the dumps e- for e- far too long like, even just the fact that like she as a character like, sees a dad, becomes a daddy's girl again. And, like, that is really... We really see why she wants to say... Like, she, she's like, oh, it's nature and stuff, blah, blah, blah. But really, like, narratively and character-wise, it just seems to be because she is a daddy's girl. And so she's gone yeah. from being... Um, invest, you know, wanting to stay in one place because of one man to want to stay in another place because of another man. That's slightly unfair. Uh, not completely true. You know, obviously, there are they set up slightly that she doesn't like the living human style. Um, at the beginning of the film but they don't they don't show her really properly dissatisfied um, and I think you could have done a better arc that way yeah but and on to the Anne Hathaway's Sweetheartometer America's the America's Sweetheartometer how much of America's Sweetheart is Anne Hathaway in this film um, I, I I I think I think Firstly, I agree with you from last week. Uh, I, g- I gave her quite a high in song one, uh, but um, we, are, we are very much in the uh, Anne Hathaway uh, hate period um, and, and the, the over-proliferation of her, uh, which grated on, uh, on many Americans unfairly, uh, as Unfair. we've said before. Um, but uh, I would say she is not in America's good graces at the moment. And other than uh, to a bunch of six-year-olds, uh, I don't think there were many adults uh, who went to this and was like, "Fuck yeah, Anne Hathaway! Thank you for bringing me this movie." Um, so I'm I'm gonna go for quite a low one. I'm gonna go for a one. Same. I'm gonna give a one. At the end of the day, I don't believe anyone went to see this movie because of Anne Hathaway. Um, and unfortunately, the film is it's a film in which she is, I guess, kind of technically the co-lead, but is her character is unfortunately not super well written and therefore she ends up like getting nothing to do so so even even ignoring the proliferation stuff or people not actually liking her like it's just not a this is a this is a movie where i think they probably said hey here's a bunch of money do you want to do this and she said sure it doesn't take that long i'll happily do it and 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 as someone who would love a bunch of money like i respect it on that level i don't necessarily respect it as like an artist kind of thing you know like Hey, as an actor, you are you are both acting like being a woodworker is pretty weirdly most similar to maybe being a woodworker. It, you know, you are simultaneously doing a craft, right? It is it is a manual thing. It is you are you are there's a craft to it, um, but there's also an art. You are also an artist. Yeah. You are both. You are making something, and that thing you are making is in and of itself a, a form of art. And so, as a craftsperson, I respect the hustle. As an <laughs> artist, I don't respect the product uh, very much, and I but no, and nor do I think the the product would anyone associate really with Anne Hathaway. So one. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
so uh, we move on to Anne's Mans, the uh, listing and ranking of every single one of Anne Hathaway's love interests. Uh, let's start with Bruno Mars. Uh, obviously, the the old flame, the sexy bird. Um, it's Bruno Mars. It, 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 this this becomes difficult because he is Bruno Mars. He is sexy. He is he is charismatic. He's uh, a star footballer in this. He's also uh, a, a terrific singer. But he's also a bird, and we know that's mm. always been an issue for me. We've got right at the bottom of my list the Baron, who is of course a cat, and Jesse Eisenberg. Cat statue. He's a cat statue. Sorry, um, uh, and Jesse Eisenberg, who is of course a bird, and they're the only people uh, above Lawrence Fox, who is of course a prick. Um, so I think, I think Bruno Mars, Bruno Mars bird is going to have to top. He will top. Actually, no, the Baron's the Baron's a sexy fucking cat. Um, he's he's going to come in below the Baron. Um. Uh, just above Jesse Eisenberg from Rio One. Interesting. Um, so Jamie, of course, uh, I'm gonna, I, I, I think you were also putting two people in this, uh, which is to say, I am. Yes, yes. Of course, we're, we're going to put Jesse Eisenberg in again. Back in again. Right. So, so for me, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a monster like some people. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg didn't go that low on my original list. He was uh, in at, uh, you know, kind of below Venom from Valentine's Day uh, and above Maxwell Smart from Get Smart. Um, so pretty low on my list, but not necessarily in the kind of realm of like actual bad partners. Um, we then come to uh, the question of this. So Bruno Mars is going above that. So Bruno Mars is actually going above uh, Chris Pratt and Bride Wars, who's only at number 24 because eventually he turns into Chris Pratt. Like that Chris Pratt would eventually hypothetically evolve into Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy uh, with age like a fine wine. Um, so Bruno Mars is coming just above there, but below Nicholas Nickleby. Okay, um, and then we've got Jesse Eisenberg again. Uh, again, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, sink number one, is the second bottom of my list uh, because he is a, a sniveling worm of a human being in the first uh, film, and of course he is also a bird. Uh, I will say he's he's much less of a sniveling worm of a human being in this film. He's, he's much, much less of a sniveling worm of a human being. Um, he is a, a hero, some might say. Um, he, in fact... Uh, sacrifices a lot as we've established for his partner which is uh, absolutely an admirable trait for a partner um but he is still a bird uh so so he does have to come in that animal chunk uh and he isn't as sexy as bruno mars so he's gonna go just below bruiser bruno mars and just above jesse eisenberg so i now have a a nice jesse eisenberg wall uh protecting uh, the rest of the men from lawrence fox at the bottom here's here's what i will say um, at its core, on most of this list, Anne Hathaway is better than the men in life. Other than maybe when you get to the top five, you know, do I think Batman is better than Catwoman? Kind of. He doesn't commit. Well, he commits other crimes. He commits crimes to stop other people committing crimes. It's a bit of a weird one. Uh, do I think Bart Simpson is better than uh, Anne Hathaway's character in that? Yeah, no, I, I think I, I think I reasonably um, do. Uh, who, who did, oh no, I remember it's just, in, it's just in a cameo. Um, the, the question goes to where, where does Reed Jesse Eisenberg for, for, go to the first one? And he's obviously much better. And in fact, this is the rare case where I think a, a, a male character low on the list is better than Anne Hathaway in a film. Like, like she is lucky to have him. Uh, and in real one, I don't think it's necessarily true. He had to change. I think in this one, she is actually lucky to have him. She asks for a lot and he 
is there for her, but he mm. does. She does ask for lots. So in that sense, I think he goes above Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is a is a vain character. He just goes literally just above Bruno Mars. So it's now uh, below Nicholas Nickleby. Goes Nicholas Nickleby, Jesse Eisenberg again at Rio two uh, in a twenty two. Bruno Mars at twenty three. Chris Pratt at twenty four. Uh, Venom at twenty five, and then at twenty six, Jesse Eisenberg the first time round from Rio. So it's there's kind of like a chunk of that middle there, which is to say, yeah, these are bird characters. I don't think they're necessarily the best companion anyone could have, but you know, certainly if you're a bird, Eisenberg's not bad. Um, fantastic and Alexander the all important question are you going to stash away this film no no of course not of course not so when we don't um, uh, stash away uh, a film we must of course present something else to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens again if you want to know what that means this wasn't a law heavy episode I'm sorry Uh, we were doing two episodes in a day fuck off um, uh, go back and listen to Don John instead uh, but Alexander uh, what are you going to present this week to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens guys I just want to throw this out there um, most things uh, when you make them solid you know most liquids they're not that great alright you know lava liquid rock solid okay less cool uh, but water goes from you know cool enough right water you need it to survive as a liquid but ice Ice is a solid. It makes my life so goddamn better. I'm excited and, for your uh, Yelp review of water. You know, yeah. cool enough. It's cool enough, but ice, goddamn, that's pretty cool. All right, you want to make a little snow cone? Ice, baby. You want to make your drink cooler? Ice, baby. You want a cocktail? What are you going to do? Just pour some water in your cocktail? Screw you. Get some ice, all right? You want an ice? We know it's better than coffee? Ice coffee, obviously. So uh, this week, going in... To the stash away, what I'm stashing away for half instead of Hathaway is ice. Very nice. Um, uh, I'm gonna stash away my birthday, which is tomorrow. Wish me happy birthday, you fucks! Happy birthday, <laughs> Jamie! Uh, for for people who for, for, if, for people who are not listening to this um, on day of release, it is the 29th of June. So if you've missed that. Wait till next year and then wish me happy birthday, you fucks. Alyssa, who is listening to this in six months' time, wait six months and then wish me happy birthday. Or feel bad that you didn't wish me happy birthday six months ago, whichever is the truth. Um, so, uh, next, uh, well, I'll tell them what they can do while I find out what we're reviewing next week. All right, guys, look, do the important stuff. Go on to Apple Podcasts, go on to Spotify. Just give us five stars. Give us a little like. Give us, a, if you want to, a comment would be fantastic. We would uh, love you forever. Um, just say, you know, uh, like, hey, the the bankers sent me uh, XOXO. I really love all the episodes. My favorite is the one where they changed IMDb forever. Um, if you type that comment in, you could win a prize. What is that prize? I don't know. I'll figure out. Um, it could just be love. It's probably just love. Uh, what else can you do? Go make yourself a bacon sandwich. If you like, if you eat meat, make yourself a bacon sandwich and just appreciate that. Uh, what you can also do is just like find a puppy and just like, Oh, it's you know, a puppy. He's come back. He's a puppy. You can just, a puppy. You can just so hold a puppy fluffy. if you can. And oh, say, hi, geez. puppy. Uh, I, I think I'm getting a, a, a bit of a hint from Alyssa there that we've been recording for far too fucking long because we're on two episodes back to back. So I will let Alexander be free to go hang out with his girlfriend and much more importantly, his oh, adorable whining puppy. Um, so you can join us next week when we'll be reviewing uh, Don Peyote, a fucking weed <laughs> comedy that's 3.6 six out of ten on imdb i'm gonna have to watch that while i'm on holiday send me some luck so from me jamie and my co-host al that's one more app in the back oh. 
Happy power! That's by far the best, you know, post fit we've got. Just the dog. He's, he's, oh, see? See how you've been doing this for fucking 150 episodes. He comes in, one episode, smashes it. Blank spank. 